Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to Empowering Family Caregiver Show on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Meghna Rao, your host for today's show, sponsored by eCareDiary.com. Today we will talk about differences between normal aging and dementia. And to help shed light on this, I'm very pleased to introduce our distinguished guest, Jacqueline Marcel. Jacqueline is an elder care advocate and the author of Elder Rage, a book of the month club selection that is required reading at many universities and is being currently considered for a film. Jacqueline is also an international speaker who has presented at hundreds of events, including the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys, National Security Agency, um, and the Florida House of Representatives. She's been featured on the Today Show, CNN, a PBS Alzheimer's documentary, and was a five-page cover story of the AARP Bulletin. Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining us once again. Oh, thanks for having me. So I have so many questions to ask you about this, this topic that we've, we've received a lot of requests from our audience members about this particular issue. So I just um, would just like to get right. Sure. The very first question is um, about normal aging. So I've, I've heard of normal aging also being referred to as healthy aging. What exactly does that mean? Well, we're all aging by the calendar. <laughs> but some of us are aging, <laughs> aging faster than others. So it's, you know, what's your, your calendar age versus how well are you aging, how well are you handling your lifestyle. So, of course, diet, exercise, everything we know, you know, mm-hmm. managing stress, getting a good night's uh, sleep every night, and just managing a good lifestyle so that we can kind of reverse mm-hmm. that. And Dr. Oz does a great thing about that where he talks about the real age and mm-hmm. um, that's very helpful for people. It's a real eye-opener to see if you find out that, gee, you're, even though your age is only 40, but you're, uh, you know, your real age from how your lifestyle, you're you know, maybe closer to 50. So you, wanna, right. you really want to uh, work with your health care provider and make sure that all your markers are in the right order. And if they're not, instead of just taking a pill to make a number look mm-hmm. right on the page, going behind that and finding out, well, what in my lifestyle caused high blood pressure or high cholesterol or, you know, X, Y, Z, what caused this to occur and how can I correct it? Mm-hmm. Um, when you, you know, when we think of normal aging, do um, what would be the what would be some of the signs um, physically, I guess, physically and mentally and emotionally? Could you could you kind of highlight, say, three aspects from uh, from the physical? Yeah, well, and physically, we all all we need to do is look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening now? So you know everything. Our skin, you know, starts to we start to see a little. What is happening over here? And, mm-hmm. and then you know, hair gets a little thinner. Eyesight is not quite as good as we get older. Hearing, you know, pick a body part. You know, things start. It's you know wear and tear. You know, maintenance mm-hmm. and repair. Maintenance and repair. Um, and then mental. You know, uh, how are we doing? How are we handling? Uh, each new stress that occurs is always going to be a monkey wrench. It's it's how you <laughs> react to it, how you process mm-hmm. it, how you get rid of the stress hormones that come into your life. 
and uh, nobody escapes those. Darn it. And <laughs> and uh, and then just you know what you can do. You know if you don't get a good night's sleep. During the night is when all that magic happens, when the body is doing all that repair work. And if you didn't give your body the right nutrients during the day of everything it needs, all the essential proteins and amino acids and vitamins and minerals, and it, you know, it's trying mm-hmm. to do its job to repair all those cells. It's sloughing off 50 billion cells a day. Isn't that amazing how we can lose 50 billion cells a day? Well, we got 10 trillion, they think. You know, I didn't count them. I don't know. But they're sloughing <laughs> off a lot of them. We've got to make new ones. So the body's got to have all that. Well, if you're, you know, eat just before you go to bed, you're not giving you, you – your body's got to do digestion. It's much better not to eat three hours before you go to sleep so that while you're sleeping and you've eaten the appropriate nutrients during the day and you haven't put in any toxicity with – you know, all the bad foods, your body's not working as hard to get rid of those. It can take all the good stuff and do really good quality maintenance and repair on your tissues. And, boy, that's a that's a real way to turn around aging. Right. right. Slow it down, now, at least. Um, right. Now, um, you know, it's... it's um, it's interesting to see sometimes when two people who are around the same age, they in their 40s or 50s, one of them, um, you know, this happened to me when I when I went uh, for a get-together a few weeks ago and I saw two 40-year-olds and it just struck me that one of them just looked remarkably healthier than the other. And, right. um, you know, we were just having a general conversation. It wasn't about aging, but I gathered from the other person that, you know, he had a family history of um, heart disease and, um, you know, there were other you know, medical issues with um, his grandparents and things. It just came up in the conversation. Uh, do such factors contribute to normal aging? What would these factors include? Well, our DNA, they used to think, was our destiny, you know, you, you, the hands mm-hmm. you dealt. Now newer research is saying, you know, it's much more what you do with that. Is it? Uh, you, so you inherited We all inherit genes. Look at our parents, our grandparents, their parents. We've all inherited genes for this or that or the other thing. But what turns that gene on? What flips that switch? So if your body's got, you know, that switch and you're not eating right and you're eating all the processed foods, fast foods, uh, you're not eating organic foods, you're getting a lot of pesticides and herbicides and fungicides and you're eating a ton Mm -hmm. of sugar and uh, everything that's, spiking your insulin levels and storing everything as fat and putting all that toxicity in your fat cells, you're just giving a toxic load, and then you have a crisis in your life, like caregivers do so often, taking care of somebody, mm-hmm. and that chronic stress, you're, you're secreting cortisol and adrenaline. Those are not just something, you know, maybe. Those are real, real things in our body. And our immune system, which lives in our gut, has to get rid of all that stuff. So that's that's why you want to give it as little toxicity extra it has to deal with because, boy, it's got to deal with that those uh, hormones that, that you brought in. So mm-hmm. if you have a t- too much of a toxic load, then that switch can be flipped. So in the person that's developed that has uh, gotten the gene for a propensity toward heart disease or colon cancer, they got the gene that for this or that, 
then when the when the toxic load is too much, that's the switch that gets pulled. And why, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many different types of diseases, it just depends on which one uh you're going it's going to get you know, going to get you. <laughs> so you want to right. know what your right. family history is. Uh there's mm-hmm. you know, that you can have your genome tested, but I don't know. Is that a good idea or not? It, it depends on, I think, very personal decision if you can handle knowing what what that is. And if you understand that your your DNA is not your destiny, it may empower mm-hmm. a lot of people to say, okay, I've inherited the gene for X, so I've got to work extra right. hard on this and this. But if it's going to you know, set you off on a, well, who cares, I'm going to get this anyway, and then you just go off on a bender on whatever your your toxic substances and you know so it's very individual if you think that's something that you would want to be tested for uh i say why not just say i probably got the gene for everything so i'm going to do everything i can not to have any of them flip <laughs> and do the best <laughs> you can you know <laughs> yeah just say I, I probably got the gene for everything so i'm just going to do everything in my power not to have any of them flip over, and I'm going to have a pristine diet. I'm going to make sure I get my exercise in the right amounts. I'm going to make sure I get my uh, seven and a half, eight hours of sleep a night. Make sure I hydrate mm-hmm. and get tons of water uh, every day. I'm going to stop all the bad foods, and I'm going to start researching. Mm-hmm. This stuff is online now. There's, you know, it's not like you got to go when I was a kid to the library and find a book and try to read. All this research, it's so dramatic now. What we have, the more, gosh, more power at the end of that fork of every bite of food that goes in our mouth, of what that does. And I always say to people, say, oh, but I, I, I can't not eat X, you know, whatever it was. Uh, we say, well, the second bite is going to taste just like the first. <laughs> have a bite and really chew it and turn it in, you know, just savor the heck out of it, and then say, okay, I don't need to eat the whole thing here because it's just going to taste just like that did. And then my body's going to have to work. It's going to take 24 hours before this is going to come out of me, and my body's going to have to work overtime to get rid of it. So what's the point? Absolutely. Yeah, so true, so true. Now, um, when, you know, when we kind of, so this is what, you've given us a glimpse of what normal aging is about, but sometimes it's a little more serious. And when, you know, we're taking care of seniors, it's, it's, it's a hectic life. Um, how can we figure out if what our senior, our elderly loved one is going through, whether it's forget, just regular forgetfulness or is it some kind of a memory disorder? How, what are the signs? Boy, I wish I knew the answer to that when I was starting caring with my parents because I just chalked everything up to old age and stress and da 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 da. And once I finally saw the ten early warning signs of Alzheimer's disease, a year into taking care of my parents, I was mm-hmm. like, "Why didn't anybody show me this before?" <clears throat> and I, this is what I lecture about all over the country. I, you know, I, everything I do is about understanding these early warning signs. And you can get them right now for free. Just go to my website at Elder rage.com, scroll down on the far left, you'll see 10 early warning signs. Those are from the Alzheimer's Association. Can't credit them enough for helping me. Uh-huh. Finally, I thought to call them. But you print those out, you put them in a spiral notebook, and then you discreetly kind of keep track of your mom or whoever, or yourself. 
And mm-hmm. once you understand these these warning signs, then when you when you notice one pop up, you go, okay. How to test it? Is this just normal aging? Is this some beginning signs of dementia? So one of the early early ones uh, is that short term memory thing. And I'll say to people, how's your, how's your mom's memory? You, you know, you know, because we've been in it so long, we think everybody knows the difference between short term and long term memory. Oh my gosh, people just don't. And when they're starting into this caregiving journey, they don't even think about it. It's not in their realm yet. They've just tuned this information out. But when they get, then they start. To think, oh, my mom's memory is great. She will tell you. Oh my goodness, you know, she was telling me the other day what they had for lunch after they went to the Easter parade in 1960. <laughs> but does she remember what she had? But does she remember what she had for lunch today? Uh, you know, I'm noticing that. But ah, uh, yeah, she's. Then they give you a figure. Oh, she's seventy something, eighty something, ninety something, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you have to explain to them the difference between short-term and long-term memory, which just seems so normal to know for me now. But I remember when I first took care of my parents, I didn't understand the difference. So why would I think anybody else would? Just because I've studied it now. So here's what you do: when they start, when your eyebrows go up and you go, "Mom." Gosh, you just asked me that five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. I did? Yeah. You don't remember asking me that? No. Okay. That's when you want to say, okay, in your mind, warning, warning, and you mm-hmm. make note of this. But turn the question around before you start making her feel bad and say, gee, Mom, I forget now. What time do you think we're going to the doctor? You know, so you turn the question around. If she keeps asking you what time we're going to the doctor three times within a few minutes, you know, uh-huh. turn the question around. And if she goes, oh, 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 that's right, that's right, that's right, 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock. Well, maybe she's just nervous about the doctor's appointment wants to chat about it. But uh-huh. if she goes, well, well, I don't know, that's why I asked you. Well, then you can say, oh, 3 o'clock. And but then you go in your, in, your, in your little notebook and you write this information down. Okay, here's another example of something that you've noticed because you're attuned uh-huh. to understanding these ten warning signs. Now the value of this is that once you have, you know, it's intermittent. It comes and goes in the beginning. Nobody, you know, it just you chalk it up, chalk it up, chalk it up for years. And uh-huh. then, but if you're attuned to this, then when you go to the doctor's appointment, unless you have durable power of attorney, the doctor can't tell you anything over the over the phone. So you got to mm-hmm. go with them, and then maybe you can kind of uh, talk to the doctor privately. You don't want to do this in front of your mom. You say, these are examples of some of the things I've noticed. I know the difference mm-hmm. between normal aging, uh, where you walk into a room and you, what did I walk in here for? Oh, my gosh. I'm, you know. Then you go back to doing mm-hmm. what you're doing, and then you go, oh, that's what it was, and you walk in there. That's what happens to all of us as we get older. You know, the, the hard drive in the brain needs to reboot. But if you don't have any memory of that, it's pretty hard to diagnose yourself when you have short-term memory loss because you don't know that you don't know. It's more that people right. start telling you, you just told me mm-hmm. that. Or I, I just mean. told, you know, that kind of thing. And you're like, okay. you did? I did? So that's what you want to tell the doctor and say, you know, I really need mom evaluated by a neurologist who is mm-hmm. specialized in dementia because the primary care physician isn't going to be trained <laughs> to uncover this. They're going to say, what day is it? What time is it? Who's the governor? Yeah, seems fine to us. 
sends you home until it's very far into the disease when anybody can diagnose it, you know, and it's so blatant. So what you want to do is catch these this early, get to the right doctor. So you call you call the uh, her insurance and you find out who the neurologist specialized in de- dementia is, not just a, a general neurologist. I took Dad mm-hmm. to one of those, sent me home telling me he was fine. Wasn't until I got to the team of specialists uh, specialized in dementia. Uh, a geriatrician, that's an MD with a specialty in geriatrics, that the appropriate tests were done to rule out the reversible dementias. I mean, my gosh, what if you could just turn this around with B12 shots? You know, mm-hmm. people have been diagnosed with dementias, when, uh, different types of dementia, Alzheimer's just one type of dementia, um, when all they really needed was B12 shots because as we get older, Sometimes people can't absorb the B12 through their food or a vitamin pill. <clears throat> so wouldn't that be horrible to be labeled with Alzheimer's and that's all it was? So right. you would think the primary care physicians would know this. They don't. Not enough of them. So you've got to say, you know, let's check mom's B12 level as we're doing her blood mm-hmm. here, doctor. And uh, and because you've noticed these things. So once you get to that, the right team of doctors, then they're going to do the blood test, the neurological test, the memory test. They're going to rule out the reversible dementias, you know, the B12 deficiency, a folate deficiency, thyroid deficiency. If the person mm-hmm. has dementia, um, a depression it can mask uh, like dementia-like symptoms. So depression has to be ruled out. Um, and, you know, as people get older, there is a lot of depression. You know, they've had so much loss and, and illness, and, and just life is really piled up on a lot of people by, by the time we get older. So all that has to be evaluated first, and that's not a simple thing to do. So that's why you need the specialist, and you need to understand how to push your primary care physician to get that, because you can't just call those, those type of doctors up. You have to get a referral from your primary Right. Okay. Now, um, when um, you know there is this diagnosis that your elderly loved one has, um, you know, a memory disorder or dementia, it's it's first of all it's a shock for the caregivers, but then they also have there is this additional task where they have to inform the loved one that. Hey, you know, we've we've just gone to the doctor. They asked you all these questions, and we did all these tests, and this is what they have concluded. Um, it might come as I'm sure it would come as a huge shock for the person that they're taking care of. Is there is there a way? How should they handle the situation as such? Very individually, isn't it? Uh, if that person, let's say uh, it's your mom, and you know, she's already taken care of uh, your dad who's died of some type of dementia or has had dementia or Alzheimer's, and she's very educated about it. Or it's a person that has had no knowledge of, of this in any way, shape, or form. So you kind of have to determine what the best strategy for that person would be. Now, for me, you know, if it happens to me, I'm very knowledgeable. I had two parents with it. I understand it. I know what to do. I know how to notice the warning signs. I know the right doctors. I know what the treatments are available. I know what I I know. So it just depends. Um, if you've got someone that doesn't have any knowledge of this, uh, this happened with uh, one of my dearest friends and her mom. We we just decided to say, oh, eh, 
ah, you just got a little memory memory loss. Ah, they, you know, they got a pill for that that can help sharpen you up a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. and that's how we got her to take one of the four medications that don't cure it, don't stop it, don't slow it down, don't do anything other than mask the symptoms. And we got another several good years of cognitive function out of her uh, with these medications. Mm-hmm. So some people can get a few months, some people get several years. Of course, that all depends on, you know, how your body and how you've done. Yes, there's la- there's uh, side effects to all these drugs. It's the best we got right now, but, you know, if that's me or that's, you know, my loved one and I can keep them independent longer, um, give me the pill. <laughs> it's not going to stop it. It's not going to slow it. You know, but anyway, medical science is working, as you can imagine, feverishly. I know you know this. Because it's a mm-hmm. you know gold mine for the next drug that works better or maybe stops it in its tracks or cures it. Uh, so there, I think the last thing I heard was there was a hundred in clinical trials, hundred drugs, trying wow. to find the answer to this. But I'll tell you where the answer is. It starts earlier in life with what you put at the end of your fork. So. Right. You know, hedge your bet. A lot of um, research coming out now. Have you heard that Alzheimer's is being called type 3 diabetes? Oh, I did not know that. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, Google type 3 diabetes. This is what they've discovered now. They used to think that the pancreas was the only organ that secreted insulin. And, you know, the the number of uh, people with diabetes now is just astronomical compared to when we were kids. I mean, round, very round figures for you right now. Okay, well, let's say we got 300. We got about 300 million people in the country. We got 25 mm-hmm. million with diabetes, another 75 million with pre-diabetes. Pre-diabetes isn't anything, but you're on the road to it, and you're the, you're going to be there pretty soon if you don't turn things around. Mm-hmm. So you got a third of the country with insulin problem, meaning that the body's shooting out more insulin because you're eating too much sugar, starch, and grains, shooting out the insulin, shooting out the insulin. Your cells become insulin resistant. Uh, can't get the can't get the sugar into the cells, so the pancreas shoots out more insulin and more insulin. Well, now they found out the brain also secretes insulin. Isn't that interesting? So if there's a dysregulation in what's going on in the pancreas, probably going on in the brain too. So there's, uh, you know, a lot of uh, interest in this. A lot of the doctors and scientists are now uh, saying, gosh, (laughs) this could all, all this dementia stuff could be, um, you know, many different types of it, of course, but uh, perhaps some of it, particularly Alzheimer's, could be that, this insulin problem is occurring. So uh, Dr. David Perlmutter just wrote a book called Grain Brain. I don't know if you've seen that one, but it's all about this topic. And Mm -hmm. Dr. Oz has done programs on this now. It's becoming more mainstream of understanding that you, it's the carbohydrates, it's the the sugars, the starches, and the grains is what you want to minimize and get as healthy diet as you can, as you can. There's different schools of thought on that, of course, the, you know, vegans or the vegetarians, you know, as long as they don't eat sugar, <laughs> they're, right. they're doing a great benefit to their to themselves. But since we now have 70% of the population obese or overweight, can you believe that? 300 million people and 70% of us obese or overweight, 
Mm-hmm. Everybody hasn't turned into a glutton or a sloth. It's that the food available, 80% of it has got high fructose corn syrup in it, which is tr- all the sugar is so addictive. It's so good. It's so pleasurable. <laughs> we want it. We want it. We want it. We want it. I have lived this my entire life. And I finally went through the withdrawal of, of getting off all of it. Oh, it was awful. You feel awful. You feel like you need to be at Betty Ford. You're going through withdrawal from sugar. And then you get to the other side of it. And you go, oh, my gosh, I don't crave that stuff anymore. And you're not, you know, jogging to the donut store. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which I have done. So anyway, you, you, uh, you finally get it that there's more power on your plate than there is in any pharmaceutical drug. So prepare ahead since uh, a large percentage of people with diabetes will also get Alzheimer's disease. There's a pretty strong correlation that they are suspecting now this is what's happening. So, gosh, if that's you or that's your loved one, get everybody on a healthy diet now. What if that can help stay? You can't turn around 50, 60, 70 years of bad eating in a, in a few months. But what if you start turning it around, even middle age or, you know, getting uh, in your 50s, 60s, 70, whatever you're at, just start turning it around now and eating super healthy so that you're not dysregulating your insulin, so you don't develop type 2 diabetes, so that you don't develop, you know, cancer, love, sugar, um, you don't want to eat a lot of uh, sugar because everybody's got rogue cells in them, and some of them will mm-hmm. turn to cancer. You get them, give them enough fuel, and sugar is one of the fuels that they love to eat. So just don't give them any. Starve them out, mm-hmm. and you turn your health around so that you can push off. You know, one out of eight by the age of 65 gets Alzheimer's, and one out of two by the age of 85. Well. You want to be in the other half (laughs) that doesn't get it. And how do you do that? How do you hedge your bet? Lifestyle. Lifestyle, lifestyle, lifestyle. And if you're already there and you have a loved one that's got it, what we got now, the pills to help keep them more cognitively with it, and, boy, get their diet on the best you can get it uh, possible. Great. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. This has been a fascinating conversation, and, you know some of the some of the messages that you and you know the the key points that you've touched upon. I think a lot of our audience members were not even aware of. I know I wasn't aware of uh, quite a few key um, items that you just mentioned. So thank you very very much. Oh, um, you're welcome. Our, yes, absolutely. And um, I want to let our audience members know that they can learn more about you and your work at your website, which is www.elderage.com. Um, yeah, I Elder Rage, on, two R's in there, E-L-D-E-R-R-A-G-E, right. R-A-G-E dot com, yes. Um, I want to thank our audience for tuning in. And we have we have our next show uh, next Tuesday, Jan 28th, at 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, this, would, this is our online radio show, Caregiver and Physician Conversations. It's hosted by eCare Diaries caregiving expert, Marjorie Papp. She will be interviewing Heather Wan St. James and Cameron Wan St. James. They're both advocates for the Mesothelioma Cancer Alliance, and they will be talking about handling emotional and physical pressures while caring for your partner suffering from mesothelioma.
To learn more about eCare Diary and our upcoming shows, www.ecarediary.com. Registration is free and gives you immediate access to your personal care diary tool. You can also find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. My Twitter address is eCare underscore diary. Thank you, Jacqueline, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. My pleasure.